Are you struggling to get your project off the ground? Is the term research a dirty word? Need help finding more resources? Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast brought to you by the Center for Nursing Inquiry. Elizabeth Scala here, and I am the Research Program Coordinator. And I'm Maddie Whalen, the Evidence-Based Practice Program Coordinator. I am excited. I tell you all each and every month that we're doing these podcasts. I love putting this content out. This is one of my favorite things to do. And today we are talking about a subject that is so confusing, so cumbersome, yet could be so simplistic if we kind of use the tools we have. And what is this uh, big hairy beast? It's called the three forms of inquiry. Oh my goodness. So we're going to have lots of conversation here, but before we do, let's just name them. Maddie, what are the three forms of inquiry? So we have evidence-based practice, also known as EBP, quality improvement, which a lot of people refer to as QI, and then we have research. Research, big scariness. All right, we're going to go through each one of them. Let's talk about those definitions. How do we define, you know, what is EBP? What is QI? What is research? So evidence-based practice is a systematic problem-solving approach to clinical decision-making within a healthcare organization. So you're integrating the best available scientific evidence with the best available experiential evidence, which means things like practitioner experience and patient experience. That information then can a lot of times lead you to what's called a quality improvement project. And quality improvement is a process that's used to improve healthcare services, systems, or processes. But these are at the local level. So they're either in your department, in your unit, or maybe just in the organization itself with the intent to improve outcomes. And then finally, we have research. Research is a lot of times what people think of when they think of inquiry. And research is the systematic investigation designed to develop, uncover, create, or contribute to new knowledge. That's the important part, new knowledge that can be generalized for a broader application. And that can happen whether it's in a qualitative way, a quantitative method, or a combination of those two. Perfect. Perfect. So before I move us to the next question, I just wanted to comment. I'm glad you started with evidence-based practice first, because if we're going to do a quality improvement project or we think we want to embark on a research study, the first thing I always talk to people when I go out to the units and meet with nurses and say is, have you looked for the evidence? You know, what's out there? What's the state of the science? You might hear that term. So you need to be enmeshed with the literature, know the evidence, know best practice within your content area. And then once you've found that evidence, if there is an established best practice, you can apply that to the quality improvement process to improve your outcomes on some measure or metric. Or if there really is no evidence that you just can't find and you've called other hospitals and you've talked to colleagues in your professional societies and if you search those journals with your informationist, you might be going down the research route. So kind of everything is founded upon that evidence. And again, that quality improvement is really just improving processes at the local level using that best practice. Research is generating a new knowledge or new information. All right. So we've got the definitions. We've, we've kind of talked about the three nuances. Let's put this into practical terms. We're going to use an example. Let's use falls. You know, we always talk about making sure patients and staff are not falling all over the place in the hospital. So how could we apply this topic of falls in each of these scholarly inquiry areas? 
So like you said, Elizabeth, you really start with going to the evidence, and this would probably start off as an evidence-based practice project. You want to know what the best practices to prevent falls are. You're going to go to the literature. You're going to create a question to really look at the populations you're looking at, and if there's any type of intervention that specifically that you're looking at are just best practices in general. So the evidence-based practice project related to this would probably be establishing what is the best practice to prevent falls. Once you've figured out what that best practice is, that's when you would start to transition into quality improvement. So let's say that the best practice is those yellow, non-slippy socks. And so you are going to gather some data about how many falls you have, and then you're going to implement that best practice, like the yellow, non-slippy socks, and then continuously monitor that data to make sure that you're actually seeing an improvement. So Maddie, what you're saying is a nursing unit would have baseline data, meaning they already are tracking numbers of patient falls, let's say monthly or quarterly. So they have some baseline data. Then you mentioned you're implementing a best practice, those not yellow, slippy, non-slippy socks. So you've implemented something. Then you're going to, and as you're doing, you're continuing to track that data to see if that baseline data improved at all because you were putting the non-slippy socks on the patient, right? Exactly. And what's important about this is that we're not necessarily creating anything new, but we already know what's best and we're trying to make sure that we're doing it in the right way in our unit, in our department. Perfect. Perfect. So how would we move this into the research realm? So let's say we have everyone with their non-slippy socks on and we're seeing improvements, but it's just not quite what we want. And we're trying to maybe ask ourselves, maybe there's something better. And so we looked at the literature and we didn't really see anything else that we wanted that we thought would be applicable to our settings. So maybe we want to ask a new question and generate new knowledge. So that could be something like, do we have patient care robots? Does implementing patient care robots decrease the number of falls on our unit? So that's really just thinking of something new and novel and doing a systematic implementation to review if it actually is effective. Right. So it's kind of like you mentioned right at the end, effective. It's like, does this intervention, these, you know, patient assistive robots, does that new intervention effect uh, some variable outcome, meaning the number of falls? So it's kind of like you're asking a question that you do not know the answer for and you're generating, as Maddie has said several times, that new knowledge. That's awesome. So love how you broke that down for each example. And folks, if you have a topic, you know, let's say you're on a generalized topic, you're thinking, gosh, could they give me an example for mine of each? So I kind of got that broken down. We're happy to do the same for you in your particular topic. We just chose false today as that would be an easy example for everyone to kind of tune into. All right. So let's say we've figured it out or, or we're still kind of figuring it out, but let's say we've gotten to the, we'll talk about how to figure it out in a moment, but long-winded question here. What are the tools that we can use? Because are there tools that would be used in each of these three forms of inquiry? And if there are, what are they? What can Hopkins nurses use? So, of course, there are tools. Um, What's actually really awesome about working at Hopkins is that we are the creators and the maintainers of the Johns Hopkins evidence-based practice model. Um, It was created at our at our institution, which is uh, an amazing thing to be a part of. So there is a book as well as resources online. And the Johns Hopkins Evidence-Based Practice Model really walks you through the steps about how to ask your question, how to find results, and then how to look at those results in a very critical way to make sure that what we're going to make a change when we make a change, it's really based on the best evidence. So the, that model is the tool for evidence-based practice. So Maddie, before you jump into quality improvement or research, I just want to point out, I've been out to units where I consult with nurses and they're saying, you know, I looked at some articles and I, I you know, I think I want to do this thing. So you're saying we actually have to systematically 
search for evidence, then we have to bring that evidence back towards us and appraise it to decide if we're including an article or not. It's not just going out and looking for three articles or reading four articles and saying, well, I like what they did that in that article. I'm going to do that practice. You're saying there's actually a systematic way to conduct EBP. Yeah, exactly. Because if you aren't doing it in a systematic way, you are running the risk of only reading articles that have positive results or only reading articles that are published by a certain company that has a certain interest in something. And so if you have 10 articles, but you only read five of them, the other five might paint a very different picture or have a very different story. So it's really important to really look at everything and look at it with a critical eye to make sure that the information that they're giving you is based on sound science and it um, was done in an ethical and rigorous way. Definitely. It's, it's a chance for us as nurses to really use our critical thinking skills. I love the EBP model. And again, we can help you with that. So now, what about quality improvement and research? Are there tools for these types of inquiry? Uh, of course there are. So for quality improvement, we have what's called an A3, which is a document that sort of helps you walk through all the parts of your projects. You have it mapped out from the very beginning. You know what your problem is, you know what the goal is, and you have a timeline to help move you through. Um, and that's a quality improvement tool that we use here at Hopkins. And that also sometimes will walk you through the PDSA cycle, which is the Plan, Do, Study, Act, which is also a well-known quality improvement strategy. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. And so if you need help locating these tools, if you need a copy of them, you've never found them before or heard of them, reach out to us, nursinginquiry at jhmi.edu, and we will point you in the right direction. So what about research? So finally, there is what's called the E-Form A, and that is a um, template that's available on the Johns Hopkins Medicine Institutional Review Board, very commonly called the IRB. It's available on their website, and that is just an it is a document that's going to prompt you to outline every single part of the research process that you're going to go through so that you can submit it for ethical approval and you've to show that you've really thought about every single little piece and how you're going to be conducting your study and gathering your information. And it's it asks for a lot of information, but it's a great way to make sure you thought about things very thoroughly to do it in a way that's both systematic and ethical for everyone involved. Exactly. So the, the real reason to fill out that tool, the E4MA, the E4MA is your research protocol, essentially. And in research, you need to follow a systematic approach. In fact, if there's any deviation, which means if you stray from that protocol, if you stated on that protocol, we're going to interview 10 people. And if you stray from that and you've interviewed 20 people, you actually need to tell the IRB that. So that E4MA is your protocol. Research is a process that's so systematic that another person should be able to go behind you, read your protocol, and replicate the exact same research study. So it is extremely important. And as Maddie mentioned, the Institutional Review Board or the IRB are those ethical reviewers to make sure human subjects and, and all that stuff is safe, kept confidential, and that there's no breaches in research. Now, we did mention the E4MA. We won't go into too much detail, but there is an E-form B, which means if you're just doing retrospective research, you're retrospectively reviewing charts or auditing, you know, a database that's kept for some other reason. So again, we can get into more detail with this if you'd like to reach out to us or in a future podcast. But thanks for reviewing the tools, Maddie. So I wonder, the final question I had for you, gosh, as I open up the podcast, this is the thing that kind of trips people up. It's so confusing. How do I know which type of project I'm doing? 
So, and I totally agree with you. This is, these things are confusing and they're so fluid. Sometimes you're moving between one and the other and you're constantly redefining your process and what you really, the approach that you need to take. So I agree that this is, can be difficult. We have to continuously reevaluate what we're doing, but you do have resources available to you at Hopkins, which is awesome. There is of course us um, here at the Center for Nursing Inquiry. You can reach us at our email address, which is nursinginquiry one word, at jhmi.edu. Also within your units and departments, every department has a research representative and they can be an excellent resource either to give you the information themselves or connect you with the person that can give you the right answer. Definitely, definitely. So don't go this alone, folks. And if you think there's any question in your gut or you just are feeling that confused about the complexities, please reach out for support. Maddie mentioned your departmental reps. You can go to your nurse manager if you're not sure who your departmental rep is. Again, you can contact us. We've shared the email several times. And we are on Facebook at the Johns Hopkins Center for Nursing Inquiry, also on the nursing intranet inside Hopkins. If you get to that main page, click on the top professional practice, that button across the top, a left-hand column will open up and you want to click on the Center for Nursing Inquiry and we will, you will be able to reach us somehow, some way. So until next month's podcast, thank you so much and reach out for help. Thank you. Thank you.